those chords on a 12-string guitar fill millions of gamers with nostalgia for 1996 and a little game called Diablo. Welcome to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Reese. Composer Matt Ullman is responsible for those chords, and we'll get to that. But Matt's newest score is for Torchlight 2 from Runic Games. generally speaking, have the yes. opportunity to experience all the games um, that, that people write music for. Before I interview them, I try. Yes. Now, but whenever I run into games that are PC only, I have a little bit of a problem because I don't have access to a PC. <laughs> uh, heretic. heretic. Not a true nerd. Nerd credentials just went down infinitely. Well, yes, there is some truth to that, yes. <laughs> no, you're waiting for the Mac version you're saying? Or you have yeah. no Mac or PC. Oh, okay. Actually, you know, that's not true then. <laughs> Being Mac only is is actually just fine on the nerd credibility side. <laughs> good, okay. good. Especially uh, if I'm in th- audio, right? That's actually kind of uh, it's kind of why we're uh, as a company we uh, we staff very lean, so we have maybe a half dozen programmers tops. So we're kind of waiting for them to get the Mac port done. You can do boot camp for PC titles, of course. Boot camp works with Steam. I, you know, I want to say we'll hopefully be out by Christmas, but you never know. It right, may, right. It may be a little sooner, maybe a little bit later, and I'm just one of the, you know, lazy content guys that doesn't have to worry about actually <laughs> writing the code. Right. So the less I say on the subject, the better, except that we have not forgot about the Mac people. We did release Mac versions uh, or a Mac version of the first Torchlight, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we will be doing it for uh, for Torchlight 2. Were you prepared for the success of the first Torchlight? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I decided to work with uh, the Schaefers again and uh, Travis Baldry and his crew because mm-hmm. I'm kind of an idiot about a bunch of things, but <laughs> I'm really good at smelling talent, and I thought that people like the Schaefers and Travis, their natural state is you know, working on games that are very well received and very successful. So for me, it wasn't surprising at all. It was more surprising that I had the opportunity to uh, to work with them in such a in such a situation where they, you know, were able to start from scratch so much. Mm-hmm. But that was really only thanks to, you know, the, uh, the cliche about uh, a Chinese character being the same for crisis and opportunity, which I don't know if it's true at all, but uh, <laughs> but that was definitely the case uh, four years ago mm-hmm. when I when I started working with them. And with by with them and and us, you're talking about Runic, right? Yeah, I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about Runic Games, which was founded by the Schaefer brothers, uh, Travis Baldry, um, and uh, we had Peter Hu on board, who was also a Blizzard veteran, but mm-hmm. he left uh, a year or two ago. There's a misperception that somehow Runic Games is Blizzard North, the old Diablo <laughs> two team, but it's right. it's actually really the fate team it's uh it's travis's uh, crew really in, in essence and me and the Schaefers are kind of just along for the ride
Japanese orchestra for Torchlight 2, is that correct? Uh, that is 90% correct. If you, <laughs> most people would say an orchestra has to have, a, has to have wind and brass, and mm-hmm. we just used strings and uh, percussion and piano and harp, which are sort of in between those two instrumental families, I guess. Uh, timpani, a little bit. That made things a lot easier. And also, I, th- I think it generally worked. I got what I wanted out of it. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it you know, it's it's it makes things just a lot easier and still gives you a lot of the textures that, that you want. Well, yeah, I really enjoyed how you treated the orchestra like its own color, basically. It, 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 it There are tracks in Torchlight 2 where you utilize that color, and there are tracks where you don't. So can you talk a little bit about how you chose to use that orchestral color and weave it in with the other sounds you used? Sure. Well, you know, I've, I've been working with samples one way or another for uh, 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. I was a uh, a wee lad. Uh, you know, I had a wish list of things I would like to do with real strings. And mm-hmm. I really just tried to emphasize those things, which are you can get really nice lyrical intonation. Um, mm-hmm. you, you get better intonation from human beings. What I was really trying to get was stuff that I could not get from samples, which is that kind of dreamy intonation, like the mm-hmm. kind of like a Messiaen adagio, Samuel Barber adagio type of mm-hmm. lyrical thing with really good intonation and also trying to get some of the horror stuff. And those are the main two elements that you uh, you hear. Uh, just using slides and phrases. It's not much of what I recorded, but I'm probably proudest of the kind of um, you know arabesque uh, kind of slidey phrases that happen in a couple of places that are really, really hard to do with samples. for just one moment, if we may, about Diablo and Diablo II. It's just so iconic, those those opening chords from the piece that everyone loves from Diablo. Well, I kind of accidentally stumbled on it in terms of the 12-string. Um, it has a naturally very medieval type of sound. You know, partially that the sympathetic strings, for some reason, it kind of gives people a subconscious kind of feeling of like what a lute, you know, kind of sounded like in their mind, even though a lute in, in, you know, real life was actually kind of a muddy, uh, dull sound. Yeah. And yeah, I guess that was in the back of my mind. I I was listening to a lot of uh, Joni Mitchell's uh, Court and Spark and uh, Joni Mitchell's Blue. Those two albums actually were made a pretty strong impression on me around then. And so those textures were just kind of rattling around there. Dulcimer, you know, I put in the same family, and mm-hmm. 
I didn't own a hammered dulcimer when I made the original Diablo, but in uh, Diablo 2, I really tried to play back and forth with uh, the 12-string textures and the mandolin textures and yep. the dulcimer textures, just because they're, you know, the kind of sympathetic steel string yeah. feeling. And, you know, it's it's almost as close as you can get to that subconscious lute vibe in that a classical guitar just sounds kind of romantic and sweet. Yeah. It doesn't sound uh, menacing or creepy in any way whatsoever, whereas... Right. Whereas there's something a little alien about a 12-string that kind of mm-hmm. uh, it, it gives you a little spooky edge on top of, uh, on top of things. stood out to me as as pleasant <laughs> and enjoyable about the the soundtrack to Torchlight 2 is the continuity of it and how you know the tracks all kind of bleed into each other and develop from each other and right. I love that yeah I I'm thought glad that you was liked that. really really well done yeah I tried to I really tried to emphasize that and the mix doesn't really have I've always you know been a fan when uh uh recording uh artists you know do a, a really good job on that like uh you know, the old classic, uh, I guess Pink Floyd were yeah. the, real, <laughs> yep. the real masters of that in terms of transitions. Yeah, they're that, good at uh, it. Some artists try harder than others to uh, to make that work. But when it does work, it's always it's always really fun. Yes. Um, and that's, you know, the same thing in the classical world, I think. Like Puccini <laughs> is going to move from scene to scene pretty brilliantly. Or even like, I can't pronounce French at all, but Debussy's opera, uh, Peleus. Uh, Peleus and Melisande. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, which I uh, plagiarized at one point. Uh, <laughs> does a uh, does a really good job of uh, the way that it, he kind of creates a dream state that just yep. doesn't really let up. Uh, yeah, is uh, is you know pretty instructive, and you know of course Wagner. Wagner always uh, yeah. comes up there too. Wagner's really good at at kind of keeping narrative and musical elements kind of uh, mixed up in a way that you don't really notice when one is coming in or out. Yes. Well, and where I hear Wagner is in some of your World of Warcraft. No, wait, Diablo, was it Diablo 2 that I heard? Yeah, Diablo 2, Lord yeah. of Destruction. I held myself yep. in gigantic chunks of Wagner. I yes. Used the, uh, <laughs> I did the uh, the um, Tristan. Um, yep. The Tristan theme pretty much whole hog. It's actually- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk just for one more moment about Torchlight 2 and what are some of the things that you really enjoyed that you were maybe particularly proud of when you finished the project? Well, in terms of, uh, you know, my penchant for plagiarism, uh, the (laughs) opening track is, the second half of that is an arrangement of Smetna. In the entirety of the soundtrack, that's the only thing where I uh, specifically reworked something from uh, classical public domain. Oh, interesting. And yeah, the, the first half is me, though. I tried to... I tried to kind of set up a driving kind of, uh, you know, it's a character select screen theme. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the okay. idea is I wanted it to, to one, reference the first Torchlight, mm-hmm. uh, which it does a little bit in the very beginning. That mm-hmm. The first five or six seconds sound a lot like the character select screen in Torchlight. And I wanted it to be not super intrusive in the beginning, 
uh, in terms of people just getting sick of it every single time they create a new character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then I wanted it to resolve to something that was kind of driving, but a little more interesting. With the Enclave, it's, I think uh, with that, there was really, um, it was, I haven't listened to Messian much in the past three or four years, but mm-hmm. I had kind of a Messian phase uh, mm-hmm. five or six years ago where I listened to uh, to that stuff a bunch. And, I was kind of trying to do a little bit of that kind of dreamy type stuff. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of the kind of a less melodramatic version of the the Samuel Barber adagio. Mm-hmm. In in general, you know, the, the strings only thing, you know, I was kind of conscious of the fact that um, um, the, big, uh, the big canon for that work is from the Depression uh, when people also had budgets as a consideration. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's something kind of... Um, monochromatic about it that can be kind of uh compelling in terms of you know like uh why schindler's list was black and white you know in terms Mm of the uh it's really more about kind of shadow and contrast and not about putting instrumental color in your face and yeah that's a little bit of the the vibe i was trying to go for with that piece in terms of something Mm -hmm. that was um a little more peaceful it also fits the backstory in terms of the, the creatures you're hanging out with uh in that uh are are kind of kind of Vulcan like they're sort of semi human with kind of a condescending attitude, <laughs> and so I kind of wanted to give it that whole, uh, you know, uh, oh hi spiritual retreat, uh, <laughs> you know, new agey vibe around the yeah. edges too. Yeah. And then the uh, Echo Pass you mentioned. Um, yep. Yeah. Great orchestral, great string writing in there. Yeah. I didn't know what to do with that at first. It, it kind of ends up being like a tutorial level. I'm glad you like that. That's actually there's actually. Uh, Max Schaefer, who went with me to Bratislava, did uh, this last time, took a video of, I think what ended up being the take, though the tempo drags so much that I think what's on the soundtrack CD, I just brutally yanked up an entire half step. Oh, and yeah, it works It works for the game because it's for a kind of five to ten minute introductory level, which mm-hmm. it, it, it serves that function reasonably well. And actually, that's where I actually tried to like use the... Uh, use the percussion in a way that kind of integrates with the strings a little more than in some of the other tracks as well. say music is about i mean it's it's one thing i'm known for and i add you know that value to the project and hopefully i'm somewhat good at it but (laughs) that's about half of the job really the other half of the job was sound effects work was you know editing uh voice files down a bigger part of the job than people might imagine was just trying to be a good team member in terms of finding uh design tweaks uh you know or just Mm -hmm. you know putting my voice in there Mm-hmm. Uh, about stuff like that. And that is a little unusual, and it's a little unusual to be, you know, full-time like I am. But I think, um, I think you know, it's not incidental in that a lot of times you get um, better work that's more cohesive mm-hmm. when a studio has, uh, if not a full-time composer, at least somebody that has kind of a, a full-time sound relationship with the studio. And sure. I think I think game development in general is uh, is 
I would assume, you know, I haven't done enough contracting to really know it that well, but I think when people are looking over each other's shoulders in a friendly way, you can get a, uh, you can get a much better result. And also I think Runic's philosophy is what it is because it's just, uh, you know, what the kind of environment that, uh, that those guys wanted to work in. Yeah. And so we can self-consciously very, keep it very collaborative and yeah. very, uh, very open. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to say? I think we should probably wrap it up. Um, thanks to Minnesota for creating prints. Uh, I grew up with a 1999 was probably my most influential album growing up. So nice. Thanks for thanks for making that guy. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to putting all this together. And feel um, free to uh, feel free to call the uh, the most meandering uh, half out of the middle of my phrases. <laughs> Just as long as. <laughs> As long as they all begin with an article and end with what sounds like a pause, then it's all right. You've been listening to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Reese, and our technical director is Sam Keenan. You can leave feedback for me directly by clicking on the Top Score Questions Comments link at classicalmpr.org slash topscore. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at Top Score Podcast. Ha, ha, ha.